You're listening to the Horses, Hats, and Bourbon podcast with Claudia Coffey. My guest on the podcast is Randy Prossy, the president and COO of the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. The festival is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year, September 16th through the 19th. And we talk about how he has completely reimagined the entire festival experience. He is elevating the experience for bourbon lovers. 30th anniversary of the the, uh, 30th anniversary of the Bourbon Festival coming up this fall. You guys are back, you know, after taking it virtual. Um, It just must be a really exciting time just planning and being able to like start getting the word out to people that, you know, come on. Well, and, and the word has gotten out even before we were getting the word out. People were so interested and excited with this event and, and the pent up demand has been crazy. So uh, our tickets, the day we'd go on sale, our tickets were selling out and, and it's just, uh, it, it's, a, it's very humbling, but it's a validation that we're doing the right thing. And I don't take for granted that it's just because it's something to do. I mean, I really do believe the people that are engaging with us are the bourbon enthusiasts that are really interested in the new program and how we've kind of re-envisioned the entire thing. So I, I kind of explain it that it's a, it's a first year festival with a 30 year history. Uh, because there's literally nothing from the 2019 version of this festival that will be done the same way for 2021. So it's it's completely refurbished. So and your experience, you've you've been everywhere, you know, all around the U.S. planning festivals, events, and that that's your thing. How do you step into something like this and and give it, like you said, to give it that feel of newness with this the expectedness of what people are going there to experience is was that tried and true Kentucky experience. Well, I mean, it all kind of rolls up. I mean, all my experiences, you know, almost 30 years now doing festivals and events, and I've done everything from the small little Founders Day Street Festival with an arts and crafts fair to uh, the Wisconsin State Fair, as we we're talking, and then uh, the Kentucky Derby. I, I did operations for the Derby for a number of years, and all of those things have kind of rolled up into what we're doing with the bourbon festival. So um, the experience, the guest experience, the expectations, all of those things kind of stay the same. Uh, Whether you're paying $10 to go to the Wisconsin state fair and eat cream puffs and things on a stick, or you're going to the Kentucky Derby, as we just saw this last weekend, um, the expectations of of what the guests want for an experience is what we're really in tune with. So, um, I was just fortunate here to come into a, a very small festival that has a world-class uh, potential. And I've got a board of directors that before I even started, they agreed that the event needed a complete re- re-envisioning. So they did a lot of the heavy lifting for me. I'm just coming in and kind of executing it and being the one that implements the changes and decides on what it looks like. So uh, it's for an event producer, it's, it's really a dream come true because you, you get all of the elements right there. They, all you have to do is put your fingerprints on it. And that's what I'm doing right now. Describe like the different levels of events that people, I just love how things are kind of bundled, right? It's like bundled with a unique experience from the VIP tasting to general admission to, I feel like there's a different experience rolled into each ticket level. Well, and there is. And so what we're, this is the first year that we've gone to a 21 plus audience. So in the years past, it's been a little bit one part community festival, one part county fair, mm-hmm. straw bales, face painting, bouncy houses, things like that. But you couldn't actually sample bourbon at the festival. So fast forward now to 2021, it's 21 plus. 
the straw bales are gone. More of the VIP kind of feeling that you get at Churchill Downs for the Derby is being brought into it. And the sampling, the first year that we've actually been able to allow the distilleries to do direct pours with the consumers. So like if you've gone to a wine festival or to a craft beer festival, the thought of doing one of those without having that interactive experience where you could actually sample just seems counterintuitive. So this year will really be, it took us 30 years to get there, but this year you will actually have that. So whether you are a VIP person or if you're coming in with a $10 general mission, basically the cover charge to get you into the event, you will have opportunities for different experiences at different levels. So the general mission $10 ticket holder has the opportunity to buy tickets to one of the premium dinner pairing events at night. So it's not a haves and have nots. It's a have, and you can have this and you can have this, or you can buy it one stop and, and $400, you get the VIP ultimate experience with all the access and all the cool kind of climate controlled and, and, and that kind of thing. But it really is trying to make sure that we're engaging with everyone at the level that they feel comfortable with both financially, but also we know there's some new consumers that are coming in that really aren't into it to the point where they want to commit to that kind of dollar. So we're going to try to introduce them and give them that uh, nice way to transition into it. And so far, since you all announced what a month ago, you're already selling out. Yeah. Our VIP tickets, the $400, the ultimate VIP level uh, sold out under two hours. Um, the all day, three day VIP package, which is the next click below sold out in a matter of a day and a half. And my opinion has always been, if everyone is a VIP, then no one's truly a VIP. So we were very careful in limiting the number of VIPs, because if you're a VIP and you want to come in, you want that kind of experience where it's not, well, heck, half the people here are, are here too. You know, they're, so, um, so we're being a little protective, but a little of that is the COVID influence that's carrying over. Uh, I mean, we believe this fall, by the time the festival comes around, we'll be at 100% capacity, the, all the restrictions will, will be relaxed, but it, that's not truly what's driving it. The, the driving force is the experience. So we don't want people standing in line. Uh, we were talking about the state fair. We actually scaled back the number of people that would come into the state fair and found that people got through the lines faster. They had a more enjoyable experience and they actually spent more money because they could get through the lines faster. So from this business side of things, uh, that's always been my goal. So I never like to talk about our, our attendance and I don't want to get into a, an attendance competition with other events. We want to make sure that what we're doing is a great experience for everyone. And when does everything open up to, has it already opened up to general admission or is that coming next? General admission tickets have opened uh, our single day Saturday, our all three day Friday, Saturday, Sunday packages have already sold out. Friday is about 90% sold out right now. Uh, Sunday's a little lighter, which is to be expected uh, for kind of the first year of this new format. Um, and then in the middle of June, in conjunction with National Bourbon Day, that's when we're going to go on sale with more of the premium experiences. So you've got your ticket, you know you're going, you know you're going to be able to get in. Now you can kind of handpick, do you want some educational experiences? So there's some classroom type where you're doing pairings or mixing your own cocktails. Those tickets will go on sale on June 14th. And then if you want one of the evening the higher end pairing dinner, multi-course kind of things with entertainment, those tickets will also be available. So again, we're trying to get people in and, okay, do you want to come to the festival? Cool. Here's your chance. Now breathe. And now you take in all the different things that we're going to do uh, by way of kind of the premium experiences. So um, I'm fascinated by the whole educational aspect of this. You know, you just imagine like years ago, adding an educational component to a festival 
would be like, are you kidding me? Why would you, why would you want to do that? That's going to scare people away. I mean, with this space, I, I feel like people are just so thirsty for like information of how and, and why, and um, talk about just like why you guys wanted to put this into it and, and what's been the reaction to, to having bourbon school, essentially That's a right. part of the festival, right? Well said. Um, yeah, it, it, and it, it's actually a response to a very comprehensive survey that we did after the 2019 festival. We asked the consumers, what do you need? What are your expectations? The number one was obviously the ability to sample on the lawn. And, and so we checked, we got that. The second thing was they wanted to have, they wanted to learn more. They wanted to immerse themselves in the experience. You've got the history, you've got all of the technology. So I, I sometimes use, and it's usually their words, not mine, but it's the geek or the nerd. I mean, there are people that really want to dive into the fermentation, the distillation, how the oak barrels age and how they get different flavors and influences from the number of years they sit in that oak barrel. And it really is something. So, I mean, that's a very important part of this event that differentiates us from a lot of other events. So I say there are festivals that have bourbon and then there's the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. So that is one of the things that we are really focused on is making sure that people can come in and really learn and immerse themselves in it. Um, one of the things that we noticed from over the years is a, we were trying to be all things to all people and we weren't getting it right. So the, it, the industry has gotten very sophisticated in the last 15 years and the consumer has gotten very sophisticated and the festival was just kind of lagging behind and out of sync with, with all everyone's expectations. So this year, what we're hearing from the distilleries and the consumers is you're getting it. You heard us, you listened to us, you're, and you're delivering the experience that we want. And the business side of this industry is we're actually going to give them that return on investment that they need. They want new consumers. They want uh, the, the people that are really the big enthusiasts, but they want to learn and turn them onto their products. So that's the experience that we're delivering this year. Horses, Hats, and Bourbon is sponsored by Mint Julep Experiences, your all-inclusive provider of exclusive, authentic, and curated bourbon, culinary, horse, and mixology experiences in Kentucky. If you're looking for a five-star experience blending Kentucky's signature products, look no further than Mint Julep Experiences. Go to mintjuleptours.com backslash horses, hats, bourbon. You know, talk about the reaction just from those that are going to be participating and, and offering up their bourbon and trying to get some new business. How many distilleries and how many master distillers roughly do you have over that three-day event? Well, and, and it's kind of cool because you've got your, your like the heritage, the major players in the market, which is your Jim Beam, Maker's Mark, Heaven Hill. Uh, so you've got those and they'll all be there, Wild Turkey. And then we're focusing a lot on the craft distillers. So kind of the up and coming new to the market. Uh, and, and no less quality, but it is sometimes there's people that haven't been able to sample and get too deep into the different. So we'll have probably eight to 10 of the, the major distillers that would be on the, the main lawn. And new for this year is we're creating a craft distillers row. So the smaller distilleries at A, they may not have the financial wherewithal to start getting into the big exhibits and all of that, but also may not have the staffing. In some cases, this distillery staff will also be the ones on the lawn conducting the sampling. So uh, all told, I, we will we'll probably be close to 25 to 30 distilleries, and I'm still putting some of those last minute deals together to get them there, but uh, we'll have everybody from a craft distillery that people have never heard of to the ones that would be very conspicuous by their absence if they weren't there. So um, the master distillers, that's the cool thing. I mean, if there's one good thing about 
COVID and, and it, there is really nothing truly good about COVID, but the silver lining that we're able to take advantage of right now is that the distillery resources, the master distillers and brand ambassadors are not out traveling the country and traveling the world because of their, they're, they're grounded, they're at home. So we have access to them like we've never had before. So starting last year with the virtual event that you kind of mentioned, our YouTube channel was full of 20 different segments that featured all of the legends and the icons of the industry, which is what you'd expect at the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. And we still have access to them. So uh, that's really the thing we're, we're excited about is you're going to be able to walk through a, a beautiful park-like setting and rub elbows with the, you know, the rock stars uh, of the industry. So we'll probably say, have... It suddenly feels very like red. Could it be a red carpet? It's a country carpet. It's a, it's a hay carpet. I don't know. Like it feels, it has a very elevated... Uh, feel to it you know the they are celebrities you know they are they, they, they are. are and they and they joke because when they became master distillers uh they didn't realize that they had to walk around with a, like a silver or gold paint marker sharpie in their pocket because people actually ask them for autographs or signing bottles yeah. that's a big thing and the collectors love it so yeah they, they understood the industry but they didn't understand that they were going to be celebrities that wanted people wanted to have their pictures taken and have can you sign my bottle and those kind of things so that and and they enjoy that i mean i don't think that ever gets old the ability for these guys to have that direct interaction with their with their fans so well, we're you bringing still have it. like parts and pieces of that festival feel like with vendors and food can you still walk around and, and get that kind of flavor if you will absolutely this when i say a world-class event i'm not talking you know snobbery i'm talking um very serious ability for people to go in and really i, I keep saying the word immerse but that's really what it is so but no you'll have the marketplace vendors You'll have people selling, you know, your, your candles and soaps and lotions, all bourbon themed. You'll have like the reclaimed oak bourbon barrel furniture, those kind of things, wearables. Uh, there'll be a merchandise tent there where you can come in and buy, you know, shirts and hats from your favorite distillery or our own K Kentucky Bourbon Festival lineup. Um, so, no, and the food trucks, you know, things like that. So we're, we're being very selective with the, the food vendors because before it was more of the chow wagons and the the you know, elephant ears and funnel cakes festival kind of food. And so we're elevating that. So we're working with a combination of Bardstown area food trucks and the, the Louisville Food Truck Association being very selective on only bringing the best quality food trucks in. So the ones that are nicely graphic, nice presentations, good menus, ability to, to execute um, at, at a festival setting. I mean, I've seen some really good restaurants humbled when you try to take that operation out onto the street. So it takes a different kind of a person to pull that off. But um, our point, though, is from top to bottom, every detail is being uh, reviewed and we're paying attention to every single little detail to make sure that when people come in, they'll absolutely be blown away by just the overall visual experience, the tenting, the lighting that we're going to be doing, uh, the sound, the music that we'll have going through. It's gone from uh, like a free music concert with a beer garden to the music is going to take a backseat and put the bourbon forward. So it's about the bourbon and the people who make the bourbon. And that's, we're not gonna let anything uh, overshadow that. And two, you probably have to take into consideration many of the people that want to purchase tickets to an attend event like this, they may have been to a distillery on our bourbon trail. And there is a certain aesthetic when you walk in, there is a feel, there is a vibe, there's, there's the whole thing. And if you go to a festival like this, you kind of want 
to to run in line with that same feel and vibe, you know, just the, That's right. an elevated feel and vibe. So well, you're right. And as you go on the tours, there are the modern distilleries that have the stainless steel and the glass and and very organic. And then there's the older gritty where you expect to see a chicken run across in front of you as you're going through, you know. And and so that experience is very real when you do the distillery tours. And those distilleries bring that element into the festival. So mm-hmm. one of the gritty type distilleries they're not going to bring this really glitzy type of an exhibit. They bring that over. But likewise, the the modern kind of the cool, funky, uh, they'll bring that flavor into the festival too. So I'm really excited to see it all come together because I've never seen it. People say, well, I've never been to the festival. I'm like, well, I haven't either. <laughs> because your, your first year was a virtual year. Correct. What a bummer, yeah. right? I mean, you had to yeah. be so proud that at least something came together, but you know, you want to show everybody, look what I can do and bring and, and, and then it's, it's virtual. So no pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I started in literally February 26th, I think last year. And then three weeks later, while I was in New Orleans for their bourbon festival, this, that was my first little trip to kind of do some competitive market research, I guess. But yeah, while I was in the air, I, I landed and I found out that they canceled the event. The mayor pulled the permits in New Orleans. So I was already there. So I, I met some people and the people that were there, we had a nice time, but uh, the world changed in those four days. We went from, you know, the French quarter being normal, what you'd expect on a Friday night to by the time we left Sunday, they were closing doors and telling people to, to go home. So I witnessed that firsthand. But um, again, the, the, the lemonade that we made from the lemons last year, there were two silver line there was the ability to have that access to the master distillers and build that relationship to show the distilleries that we were serious about making those moves towards what we're just talking about for this year and the other side of it is because we had that one-on-one interaction albeit for maybe an hour while we were filming these these segments um i started asking about hey i've heard of of what these private single barrel selections barrel picks um can we do one of those and everyone I asked said, yes. So we literally went from never having ever done a barrel pick. We actually go in and you sample from the barrels and you make, that's the one we want. And then they bottle it for us. We went from never having done one to where we have 14, maybe 15 this year. So um, I do believe that that would not have happened had I not had that ability for that little unique opportunity, little forum to have those one-on-ones with some of the distillery folks. So, and it was usually the master distillers themselves that were like, yeah, I can go back and make sure that happens. And sure enough, it happened. It's amazing when you can reach them via text that quickly to ask them that kind of a question, right? Absolutely. Is there anybody in particular that you are looking forward to uh, an educational experience, a master's? I mean, you talk to everybody throughout the year work-wise, but is there anything that you are thinking, you know what, I want to take a moment and listen in or appreciate or, or taste this? Well, I always... I'm never in awe with celebrities. I mean, I, when I, at Churchill Downs during the Derby, I mean, I'd see hundreds of people that were movie stars and I was kind of responsible for, okay, it's like, just get them in and get them into their seats. I don't want a picture. I don't want an autograph. Um, So I'm not easily awed by that, but the history, uh, if these walls could talk kind of things, the stories that people have, that really intrigues me. So last year we did two segments on growing up in a multi-generational distilling family. So we had uh, the um, Samuels from Maker's Mark, and we had uh, the, the Hendersons from Angel's Envy talking about that. And then we had Fred and Freddie No and Eddie and Bruce Russell talking about 
how when it was, you know, before bourbon was cool, they'd show up at an airport and nobody's there to greet them. Now they show up and there's fans with signs and all that. So I really love listening to kind of the history and six, seven, eight generation families that, that this has been their livelihood. And I grew up on a, what is now a sixth generation family dairy farm. And so I understand and appreciate the heritage and all of the, the hard knocks and the scars that you get. It's not always, you know, as glamorous as sometimes people make it think. So, I mean, I love that. I mean, I'm not into the chemistry. I appreciate the, the whole process, but I, I really love hearing the stories from the people that actually have lived them and, you know, little kids that are now 70 years old and how they grew up, you know, sweeping the floors and learning the business. I mean, those are, those are stories that you just can't get anywhere else. And we, you know, we've got them living within blocks of the festival ground. So it's just kind of a cool, cool experience. I had that just listening to Fred and Freddie um, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I've known them for several years when I moved here. I, I just, I feel like I'm, I'm eavesdropping on a conversation that maybe, yeah. right. It's just, they're telling these stories about, you know, Fred starting in the bottling on the bottling line and what could he make yeah. Freddie do so he could come up hard too. And it was just, it is. And I think that people appreciate when they come to visit Kentucky, they want to hear those kinds of, of stories. They, they truly do. And I did identify when I was a teenager, all my friends were city kids and I was a farm kid. So I didn't get a chance to go and hang out at the pool and, and do all that kind of fun stuff. So I couldn't wait to get off the farm. But as soon as I was off the farm and now it's like, I love going back. And, and these families have that same experience too. The kids leave, they go to college and they are bound and determined to do anything but be in the family business. But guess what? They come home and they get their business degrees and then they, they come back in and they, they do all the different jobs. So it's not completely unlike any other multi-generation family business. It just happens to be something that everybody around the world knows and pays attention to your brand and uh, elevates you to celebrity status. So. Uh, with you have to be probably so thrilled that the tourism season, Kentucky tourism is on the way up. I mean, we had a successful derby. Uh, tourism officials were almost kind of shocked by, whoa, we, we had a lot of people come to town and um, Bourbon Trail booking up with Mint Julep experiences. So that really has to probably put you in a great frame of mind that, okay, this is really building up to this event. It feels like kind of the, the pinnacle event to go to in the fall in Kentucky. Well, and, and I don't, I never like, having a festival or an event impacted by outside elements. And last year when all the, the festivals were having to cancel and the state fair canceled, uh, I don't like that. And this year when a number of them had to move, I, I don't like that just as a, a coordinator, but as the competitive, the marketer, uh, we've got a wide open road between now and the festival. And we're really going to be the first major bourbon themed event around here, as far as a public off the trail, so to speak. So I love that. I mean, I love that we're going to have a wide open. We've got a lot of people paying attention to what we're doing, but no, I mean, as long as people are being responsible, I mean, we said even a year ago that we believed that vaccinations were going to be available and that people who needed them would have them by June and people who wanted them would be getting them this summer and we're ahead of that schedule. And so now it's, we feel pretty good about our ability to, we're in a safe spot in the middle of September, as long as everyone kind of behaves and kind of takes their time getting there. Well, where should people go if they want to scoop up what tickets are left or if you have like any other big dates coming up that you think that are important for people to look out for? Yeah, and thank you, Claudia. I mean, the kybourbonfestival.com is our website uh, and there's an e-newsletter sign up. It's kind of the e-blast, like the insiders thing. Uh, I will tell people that 
all of our VIPs and most of our tickets sold out just through that e-blast before we even went on sale publicly. So if you are interested, uh, you can go there. Eventbrite is our ticketing partner, so our box office. So eventbrite.com, you can go to and search us directly there. And then all of our social media, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And, and so we try to make sure people are kept abreast of what, what we're doing, latest announcements. I'm telling you right now, I mean, we haven't publicly announced it, but the June 14th, which is National Bourbon Day, we felt that was appropriate. Monday, June 14th is when all of the additional premium tickets in our evening uh, evening uh, bourbon pairing events for, will go on sale. And we're actually still at this point letting that dust settle. We knew the subject matter we wanted, but now we're into that mode of what distilleries are we going to put on the stage, what master distillers, what pre presenters are going to be there. So we don't even know yet quite exactly how that's going to look. So as we're speaking now, but we know that in the next five or six weeks, when we go on sale, it'll all be buttoned up and it'll be on our website, but it'll also be hit in our social media pretty hard. Fantastic. Well, I just love catching up with you. Thank you so much. Likewise. Very special thank you to my guest, Randy, for uh, catching us up on how everybody can get tickets to the upcoming Bourbon Festival. It's going to be a can't-miss event. If you would like to find out about available tickets, all you have to do is head on over to my show notes, and I'll have you linked up. Have a great week, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>